You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past. Cyber criminals are stealing vast amounts of credentials, session cookies, and financial data every day, and it's hard to keep up. SpyCloud is the trusted partner businesses turn to to fully understand their darknet exposure risk and neutralize threats before it's too late. SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the darknet, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data, protect the digital identities and systems most important to your business. Get your free corporate darknet exposure report at spycloud.com slash cyberwire and see what information criminals have in their hands today. That's spycloud.com slash cyberwire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CyberWire's Research Saturday. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is our weekly conversation with researchers and analysts tracking down threats and vulnerabilities, solving some of the hard problems of protecting ourselves in a rapidly evolving cyberspace. Thanks for joining us. So uh, Log4Shell hit us uh, on a Friday evening. Um, we almost immediately started seeing spike in uh, what looked like exploit attempts for it and started getting down to identifying the ways of blocking those uh, attacks. That's Tushar Rikabadas. He's a senior product marketing manager at Barracuda. The research we're discussing today is titled Threat Spotlight, attacks on log-for-shell vulnerabilities. And now, a word from our sponsor, SixSense. SixSense provides award-winning cloud-based automated endpoint and vulnerability management solutions to streamline IT and security operations. With its advanced platform, businesses gain complete visibility and control over their infrastructure, reducing IT and security risks, and optimizing operational efficiency. With SixSense, you'll get real-time alerts, risk-based vulnerability prioritization and remediations, and an intuitive automation and orchestration engine so you can focus on your core business goals, confident in the knowledge that your enterprise is secure, compliant, and running smoothly. To learn why enterprises choose SixSense, visit SixSense.com. It was a bit of an evolving situation given that there were uh, multiple vulnerabilities that were being targeted. So um, it took a few days to get a hold on everything given that the disclosures happened slowly. But we were soon in good shape and we were able to identify and block these uh, vulnerabilities. Well, let's uh, go through the research here together. Uh, One of the things that you highlight is uh, where these attacks are coming from. 
So the majority of attacks always look like they come from the US. This again is because attackers just need a bunch of IPs to rotate through. They need uh, machines to infect from. So a lot of the traffic ends up coming from some hosting provider or the other. In fact, um, there, is, there are a few persistent IPs that don't show up in this list because they don't make up that much traffic. But then after looking at the data for so long, we almost instinctively know that this one is coming from this cloud provider and has been trying this same payload for a very long time. And for some reason, it hasn't been shut down yet. Uh, in terms of the others, um, it was a little surprising to see uh, so much uh, traffic originating from Japan. We normally don't see that in our uh, traffic patterns, but outside of that, nothing massively uh, different from uh, previous vulnerabilities like uh, the exchange vulnerabilities and so on. Now, help me understand here. This is uh, sort of the first step of, of a multi-step process where um, you know these initial intrusions would come from these IP addresses, but then payloads would, would likely come from somewhere else? Yes, the initial uh, uh, access, it looks like it, uh, the attack itself will come from one specific AWS machine, but the payload itself will be delivered from some other website that has been compromised to host uh, the payload. Well, let's go through some of the uh, examples that you all have here in the research. I have to say, as, as I was reading through, I... Uh, I laughed out loud on the first one here. I'm just going to quote the research. It says, for the first one, let's look at a relatively benign or, depending on your viewpoint, very annoying payload. What, what exactly did you find here? So uh, it, it is interesting to see someone uh, essentially pushing a recall video uh, link in the payload. Um, and I had to play the video Um <laughs> the first few seconds of it, um, it's, it, it almost seemed like uh, it was predestined. But uh, yeah, uh, it is nice to see when you're going through an entire sea of other uh, exploits to see this one. Uh, someone is clearly having fun. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, just uh, for clarity here, this one will uh, take you to a YouTube video, of course, playing Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up. So, so Rick rolling you, which... I mean, I suppose if you're going to point out a vulnerability to someone that that they're uh, that they have in their system, this is about as benign as a way as you can do it, right? Yep, yep, as benign as you can get. <laughs> well, let's move on to uh, some more serious ones here. Uh, you highlighted one that had to do with crypto mining. This was one of the first crypto miner payloads that we saw. Um, it was a Monero miner. It ranked quite high in the number of uh, payloads being pushed our way in the first few days. The actual payload was available on that website for quite a while before it was taken down. I think it was almost two or three weeks of it being up before it was taken down. Interestingly, it has been more or less the minor payloads have gone down. The crypto minor payloads have gone down since then. Uh, I was looking at the data just now before we got on this uh, recording and um, I noticed that uh, they're among the lower lower pushed payloads, uh, but most it's mostly that uh, Kinsing uh, malware, so, sorry, the Kinsing miner rather than Monero or uh, any other miner that was initially seen in the early days. Do you have any insights as to why that may have fallen off? I mean, is it just a matter that at the outset it was low-hanging fruit? 
Yeah, um, I think we still have a lot of people looking for low-hanging fruit. Uh, um, there is, if you actually look through our installations and honeypot logs, we are seeing massive amounts of noise for log for shells still. And most of it is the same payload over and over again from various sources. Uh, we are not seeing... Uh, very targeted attacks. So people are still being very opportunistic and just spraying and praying, essentially. Well, let's move on to the next example here. And this was targeting VMware installations. What did you all find here? So we didn't see too much uh, VMware um, traffic. There was a little bit. And um, I'm assuming that uh, VMware uh, installations... Most people don't expose them on the internet and uh, it's probably going to be more of an insider threat. Um, we saw some lower levels of uh, probing for VMware with these log for shell vulnerabilities though. I do see off and on in traffic those probes, but uh, not as much as the other payloads. And then the last one you highlight here uh, is uh, some DDoS. Right, and that is the biggest part of uh, the traffic that we see now. Um, mm -hmm. If you look at all the exploits being delivered uh, through all these uh, automated scripts right now, we are seeing a large number of uh, Mirai uh, and Mirai variants being delivered. It is quite interesting uh, given what we heard uh, yesterday about the U.S. government going after another botnet and bringing it down, uh, essentially uh, shutting down a botnet, which was probably going to DDoS, uh, create a large DDoS attack. The fact that so many people are trying to build out Mirai botnets and to use for later uh, is definitely interesting. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. Um, what are your recommendations then in terms of protecting against these sorts of payloads? So the first thing is always... Uh, plan your upgrades. These things come out and strike you at times when you don't expect it. So you need to have defense in depth, but um, having a plan in place to upgrade your software, making sure, and it is a moving target, making sure that you are addressing that is an important part of your uh, security posture. Always, uh, as always, having that cover of a firewall, a web application firewall or a web application firewall service that can stop these types of attacks is definitely uh, useful. And it also gives you that cover while you actually do the upgrades, you uh, figure out your plans and so on. Based on, on the information that you all are gathering here, the, the traffic that you all are able to monitor, where do you suppose we stand when it comes to log4shell vulnerabilities? I mean, is this is this a case where we had an initial flurry of activity and now we've we've sort of settled into a baseline, or does it come in waves? What what are we looking at these days? So, this is interesting, and I'll probably use another example uh, instead for this. There is this one IP uh, that comes from uh, Russian ISP that does probing uh, of various installations that we see every now and then. And it does it in waves. On one day, it will be going after the PHP vulnerability. On another day, it will be going after the Laravel vulnerability. If you look at Shellshock, the original uh, explorations stopped fairly soon. 
but for years later we still see spikes in the traffic now log for shell is essentially considered one of the biggest vulnerability complexes that are there and then i say one of the biggest addressable uh, or exploitable uh, vulnerabilities so i think we will see a continued probing in waves um as people start looking for new ways to exploit systems they're going to come back to log for shell and probably find some vulnerable installations along the way and cause havoc it also bears to note that uh, people are getting better at patching and protecting their um cyber installations so you're going to see attackers look for that one hole that they can get through at all times and in this case log for shell is a very attractive hole yeah i mean is this a case where if someone is willing to put in the work that that it's it's achievable to have the the defenses in place to protect against this yeah if someone is willing to put in the work it's eminently defendable we have the upgrades required to block it we have all the vendors have put out patches to protect against the traffic so it's very defendable it's a matter of uh, time and effort for the defender to get it done Our thanks to Tushar Rikabadas from Barracuda for joining us. The research is titled Threat Spotlight, Attacks on Log4Shell Vulnerabilities. We'll have a link in the show notes. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com/cyberwire. The CyberWire podcast is proudly produced in Maryland at the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Liz Irvin, Elliot Peltzman, Trey Hester, Brandon Karp, Eliana White, Peru Prakash, Justin Sabi, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next week. <laughs>